I think there's wisdom in daily rhythms of like the examine and meeting with God. Mm-hmm. But I also think there's wisdom in in retreating and making yeah, periodic big, big effort. Exodus 34, when God tells Moses to come up. I yeah, always thought yeah, that, yeah, that was yeah. pretty interesting, you know, yeah. because God tells him, be ready by morning and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself there to me on the top of the mountain. So I, I, I often, when I share this, uh, those are my, the three things that stand out to me is number yeah. one, this was God's idea. Yeah, so so yeah, God yeah. was initiating, but it wasn't something that could just be thrown in there. He says, be ready. So there was some preparation that Moses was going to have to do. And it makes sense. Once you go there, you think, okay, yes, if Moses was going to meet with God in the morning, you actually have to start pretty early the night before you Mm -hmm. need to be making preparations. And they didn't have alarm clocks, but somehow um, just getting yourself ready for that hike. Can you you imagine, you know, when you had to get up early, like you don't want to miss a plane or something. So you don't sleep the whole night before. Can you imagine if God shows up? like, I'm going to talk to you. So that's the the anxiety of, oh, I got to go. I think oftentimes when we think about reading the Bible and prayer, we think of them as activities yeah. versus drawing near to God. Yeah. And these are means that help us draw mm-hmm. near to, to hear his voice. And it, it just puts it in a totally different perspective that if I miss a day reading my Bible, well, that's not a big deal. I'll, I'll read two passages the next day. But if you stand God up, like if he says, hey, I want to meet with you in the morning and then you no show. Well, that that's a totally different yeah. mindset yeah. for me yeah. you know i'm much more inspired to to follow through with that you're ghosting the ghost man <laughs> that's right <laughs> so not what you want to do right no. uh, but yeah he says be ready come up so that's the effort part it's not something that just happens and then present yourself i love that too that present all you yourself. gotta do is show up show up yeah. and be ready to hear yeah, yeah i like that and that's part of what we'll be talking about today is i think of these five steps as giving us a framework to present ourselves Shelton, welcome. Welcome back to the podcast. I think this is the fifth time we've had you on, which has been a huge joy for me. Um, People may have watched and heard you in the past, but for those who haven't caught those previous episodes, I would encourage you to do that. You are pastor of Paseo del Rey Church here in Chula Vista. You've been our pastor over the past year, but our friendship goes back mm-hmm. prior to that. And you've mm-hmm. been a huge blessing in my life, a brother in, in the faith mm-hmm. and someone that I learned a lot from. We have all these great conversations and they're almost never recorded. <laughs> so, uh, well, I thanks. would say, I'd say vice versa. I'll cut you out there and say I, that's a two-way relationship, brother. And I appreciate to the harvest and the ministry and, and I've loved who, who you've had on lately and, and have learned from several of them. And so glad to be a part of the tribe and, and chatting through um, life as a disciple maker and what does that look like and as a follower of Christ. And so, yeah, excited. Yeah, well, it's it's always a joy to talk with you, whether we record it or not. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about the discipline of disengagement. Yeah. And this is something I think for us modern disciples of Jesus this is, I think, a, a lost discipline mm-hmm. for many of us. I know it is for me. Um, I wanted to have this conversation because uh, several of us from our church had a retreat, a prayer retreat mm-hmm. recently. And we're going to talk about a lot uh, of, mm-hmm. of how to do that for folks mm-hmm. who want to learn how to practice this discipline of disengagement, uh, particularly by following what's called the examine by Mm -hmm. a man by the name of Ignatius who lived several hundred years ago, but there's some timeless wisdom 
that he has for you. But I shared this with you, but uh, I'll say it here that this, that was the most meaningful three mm. hours that I've spent personally mm. over the past year. And so coming out of that, um, you know, when you do a podcast, you want to, you want to provide stuff that's helpful yeah, for, for yeah. others. And that was so helpful for me that I knew I wanted to have this conversation and, you yeah. know, you had a big hand in planning that and preparing it. So thanks for being willing to come on and. I'm thrilled, thrilled. And, and I think one of the reasons I'm thrilled about the topic and the walking through the wisdom of Ignatius and, and the lessons there is that, um, it's simply really what what is transformative, what's tra what was so powerful about that day and for all of us was that you were meeting with the living God. Yeah. Right? And, and I'm just convinced um, <laughs> that that's the gift of the gospel is that we are given God himself on a daily basis right here with us. And Jesus calls this the gift of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God. And I'm convinced in my own life that far too often I do not treat that as the gigantic gift that that is. And so much that I pray for in life that I ask for in terms of joy or peace or guidance or whatnot, it's already given to me in the gift of the Holy Spirit. My problem is I don't live every day in the flow or as Paul says in Galatians 5, keeping in step with the Spirit. Right? He says like if you live by the Spirit, then keep in step with the spirit. And what, like, what does that, what does that mean? What does that look like? And I think for years in my life, I've been on this journey. I'm like, I want to know more. And we've talked about the Holy Spirit here. And uh, I think my first time on the podcast was, yes. as, and this has just been a big deep dive for me. Um, and so coming across, uh, and I have been familiar, but it was like a re-familiarization of Ignatius and his story and the process. That is what, his kind of teaching was all about and his own story is all about. And so for me, it's so life-giving because you, you, it's just simple, practical ways of how to recognize the presence of God with you every day so that you can keep in step with him. And then the, the profound effect of that is huge. It's simple, but huge. But I guess just coming back to that idea of, of we have been given everything we need for a godly life, sick and Peter one, right? Like in, that we can participate in the divine nature of God. Like that's a phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal, just mouthful of a sentence. And so I don't, uh, yeah, so I, the reason I love this topic is that we're talking about what do we already have in God? We don't need to go searching for something drastically. Like here's just simple steps to spending time with the Lord in, in such a profound and real way that'll affect your everyday life. It's, it's cool. I'm excited. So. It's countercultural for sure. No. And again, it, the man that we're going to be learning from and, and sharing about uh, here over the next 30 minutes or so, I mean, he lived 500 years ago. Yeah, he's 1500s. Um, Ignatius of Loyola, so, um, which uh, is a name he later took on in life. I'm blanking on his original name. He's a Spaniard um, in the 1500s. Grew up with some wealth, a, a little bit of wealth comparatively to those around him. Um, wanted to, uh, he, his, his family saw in him um, early on probably a potential towards ministry, but he wanted to be like his uncle who was a knight and a soldier. And so he uh, he went that route, and so he becomes a knight and a bit of a womanizer, and and uh, you know in those days a knight that's your that's your sports superstar that's your you know that that was as a young guy of means 
This was the uh, kind of icon of what he wanted to be. And so he, he became that, and he was quite good at it. Um, he was in a war, and a cannonball bounces off a wall and takes out his legs. And uh, he very nearly dies on, on the battlefield with that injury. For the next year of his life, he's, he's held up in bed. And so he had to undergo a, a, just a, some gruesome surgeries. And you're talking 1500s pre modern medicine so who knows what all that looks like they actually say that after that he walked with a limp because one of his legs they had to remove part of a bone and try to graft to get like you just wow. think think through all of all of that so um during that year of, of his life where he's in bed uh like his 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 whole life is transformed he had a big desire to still go back and be a knight uh and he kind of had dreams of rescuing a woman, finding this woman, is gonna be his his princess, all those things. Uh, and um, so he asked for things to read. And the only book that he got, somebody gave him, was a book on the life and teachings of Jesus Christ hmm. and um, in the life of saints in the church. And so it's the only book they could get to him. And, and so uh, for a year, that's what he read. And he was profoundly impacted. So from then on, he called Jesus his friend. It was just this movement in his life of, of my friend, Jesus Christ. And one of the things that was profound for him was he started, and, and this is what we'll get into, Ignatius started reflecting. He had a ton of time just to reflect. So you're thinking 1500s, we're going to talk about distraction. There's no cell phone. <laughs> there's no screens. You've got one book and you've got a ton of silence. Yeah. Right. And you're, you're laying in bed. And and so he just starts reflecting and he eventually starts reflecting on his emotions. And mm. and those were big for Ignatius, uh, a sense of peace, a sense of joy. Um, and I it's actually one of my complaints against Ignatius. And we can get into this on the latter half. I think that's we get it's careful territory. I like putting scripture to it. So we'll look right. at it. I kind of do a twist on it using Galatians five. But if we're following the story of Ignatius, um, he, when he thinks about being a knight, he gets immediately excited about it. But then the feelings on the backside of that are uh, exhaustion, worry, fear, those type of things. When he thinks about following Jesus and serving Jesus and helping other people, he also gets immediately excited about that because it's new. But on the backside of those emotions was, was a sense of peace and joy and longing. And so for him, he began to say, I think that's the Holy Spirit's leadership. Like that's how, that's where God wants me to go is to do that. So he eventually gets well enough to travel. And so he wants to know more about Jesus. So he travels to uh, to Israel, to the promised land. And so he leaves Spain, goes all the way to Israel, spends uh, a year in this journey walking where Jesus walked. And, and uh, he actually got arrested for being up on, on uh, um, oh, I'm blinking on um, the Mount of Olives outside of Jerusalem. Yeah. And it was, you know, it's the Crusades time. And when they were, they were guarding, he had to bribe a guard to let him get up there. And he wanted to be where Jesus was when he ascended into the heavens. And so his love for Jesus was just growing. At one point he got into an, he writes about getting into an argument with a Muslim about Mary and the Muslim said something pretty uh, derogatory about, about Mary and his knight side of him wanted to, to take his dagger out and, and oh, wow. attack the man. But he was so drawn 
by Jesus and this new way of life that he said, no, I don't, I don't think Jesus would call me to do that. And for him, that was a big marker. Because hmm. uh, again, he looked at his emotions and right. he saw, man, my emotions there were anger there. And, and, but in forgiveness and moving on, I found peace and joy. Hmm. And so he develops what is called, it says he comes back and, and um, he develops what is now referred to as Ignatian spirituality. And it is about learning to, for him, uh, experience God in the everyday life, of, of in every part of your life. And Ignatian spirituality is, is, is very holistic. Uh, of, and you do kind of retreat, and we're going to talk about that to spend to, and he develops a practice called the daily examine. And we'll talk about that and what that is. And it's really how to reflect. And so reflection, um, looking for God in your life, paying attention, self-awareness to your emotions and, and, and God's leadership there are huge in Ignatian spirituality. And then he and a, and a group of guys begin to study together um, back in Spain, and they start the Jesuit order of priests um, within the Catholic world. And so... So he was one of the founders of the, founders the, of, Jesuit of the Jesuits. It was he and a couple other guys. that okay. he came back and began to share some of this Ignatian spirituality of, of seeing God and they're serving folks and and they they were studying and they realized hey there's more than just emotion you need to engage your mind in this and so Jesuits are our biggest Catholic universities here in 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 uh, America are, are all Jesuit universities and they're mm -hmm. they're kind of known for the educational side so kind of the combination of education and a fascinating guy uh, Ignatius yeah. of Loyola and I'm just scratching the surface of who he is neat story um I, but but his practice of of reflection has jumped the catholic border into all of christianity and you now see this practiced uh protestants catholics alike and, and because it's just a powerful way to think about and and walk through life every day. And so that's what we're excited to, to share and think about of what does this look like in modern times? And then some of the maybe practices that I would encourage us to hmm. engage with that because, uh, and I'm jumping the gun a little bit, Ignatius, again, 1500s, you were just at the beginning of the, of the Gutenberg press. And so the accessibility to scripture to be engaged with your reflection and spirituality and hmm. its original forms, it was just... Ignatius and his emotions and the Holy Spirit and listening to those and trying really mm -hmm. hard to follow that. Um, where we sit now, we have the gift of the printed word right in our, and so I would also include into that, and right. we'll talk about that scripture, but but all of it um, really to learn to how to meet with the Lord and walk with him on a regular basis, but yeah. Yeah, and we've got uh, some great resources that we're going to put into the video description if you're watching this on YouTube or in the show notes if you're listening to it on a podcast that will help folks incorporate the scriptures into these five steps, the examine that we're going to be talking about here. Do you have an idea of how old Ignatius was when he had this experience where he was wounded and had this year? Yeah, he was young. He was, he was, so you're in the early twenties, mm -hmm. uh, late teens, early twenties oh, wow. of his life. And okay. so, um, he was younger. Um, and I could, I could look up and I'm sure if we, we could Wikipedia. I didn't get the exact dates, but I do know it's early on in his life. And so the rest of his life is a complete different route than what he originally anticipated and thought. Yeah, there. I remember um, someone once shared with me 
and I don't know if they came up with this. It was Jim Downing. He's he's uh, if folks go way back. We had uh, an interview with him in the podcast. He's he's no longer with us, but amazing man of God yeah. lived uh, over the age of 100 and was active sharing his faith and making disciples to the very end. Wow. I think he I think he lived to 104. Wow. But he had shared he had this um, this idea that when God wanted to promote something more broadly among among the pe- his people among the church that he would first he would often first take an individual mm. and refine that mm. person mm. and set it up so that in this person's life was a, an exemplary um, version of what he mm. wanted to see his mm. people uh, move towards. Yeah. And it just sounds like that was perhaps something that I happened so. with Ignatius that God <laughs> put him on the sideline for a year and took him through a lot of suffering and, and even immobility, the, mm. the inability to, to, to go and do. And out of that is something that, you know, we can still benefit from today. It's beautiful. I, yeah. I do think that in modern life, we talked about busyness probably being something that has always been there, but you and I were talking before we recorded, and this this modern technology and the noisiness of modern life it is probably something that is unique, at least at the the level that we we experiencing we experiencing it today. Oh, for sure. You you think even the idea of turning on the radio and hearing music come out of that? Right. That's that's <laughs> within the last one hundred years. Yeah. You know, like, like like that's that's not in the in the in the history of humanity. Yes, uh, it is a very new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you add to that the the uh, invention of screens, right? And motor vehicles, and uh, the sounds of of the world. You in the recent times, you add into that. In the mid '90s, here comes the internet, and then right. in the late 2000s, or 2010s, or here comes the smartphone. The smartphone. These are new things, and really, and and there are many people writing on on this of of we are just now learning the negative effects of mm-hmm. that constant noise and distraction right. and availability of sound, and that. But but it doesn't take research to say, hey, this has had a profound effect on our spirituality. Absolutely. Because think about your life and how often are you silent anymore? Right. Well, I would encourage folks to go back. We we had a podcast maybe a month or so back with Samuel James. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so folks who listen to this regularly know that this is a theme that, that we've been trying to address. Um, but... He talked about how, particularly with the advent of the smartphone and um, the availability of mobile um, internet, that the internet went from being something that you opted into to something that you have to purposely opt out of. Mm. And that's a huge shift that happened around 2010, like you said. So going back to the radio, typically, if you wanted to listen to a radio program, if you wanted to listen to Superman in the 50s, you would have to go into your living room or wherever that radio mm-hmm. was, you'd have to turn it on and then you would, ha- you would be stuck. You'd be stuck in that space mm-hmm. for however long you wanted to listen. And so you had to opt into it. And today we actually have to be purposeful about withdrawing and opting out. That's, that's well said. And yeah. this, this, what we're going to cover today is just a practical resource to help people one way, not, not the only way, but one way that folks can be intentional about opting out 
but it's not again it the principle is is ancient you know it is ancient psalm i think about psalm we 46 a be still no but i think about jesus uh um dallas willard's book <laughs> spirit of disciplines yeah. is a fantastic resource i would highly recommend it and he calls it how god changes lives um right and is kind of the subtitle and he makes the big argument and we've probably talked about this before that that we often see the life of Jesus, his his how he ministers to people, his ability to stand up to discipline or to um, temptation, all the things of Jesus, and we want to perform and live life on that level. And we talk about Christ likeness, but what we often don't include into that idea of Christ likeness were the spiritual disciplines of Jesus, of his prayer life, and say mm-hmm. that you don't get the outward fruit of of a spiritual life without the spiritual discipline of of doing that and so mark one first chapter of the book of mark uh verse 35 says that that and the only reason i know that is because i used it in my sermon yesterday but that jesus woke up very early in the morning and uh, went to a, a solitary place to pray mm-hmm. so you're talking you know two thousand years ago jesus at the beginning of his ministry uh, Luke echoes mm-hmm. this in Luke chapter five. Mm-hmm. He says Jesus would regularly withdraw to solitary places to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then in Jesus, when he teaches in the Sermon on the Mountain how to pray, he says, "And when you pray, go to your room, shut the door, right? And God, who sees what's done in secret or in solitude, will reward that." Mm-hmm. And and so the New Testament is not silent on this. And Jesus very much teaches like this is and models. This is how this is how you're, you're connected with the Lord. And the disciples would often in that Luke passage, they come looking for him like, where have you been? People are looking for you. <laughs> and it's so right. funny of, of he modeled, hey, if I'm going to impact all these people for the glory of God, I have to spend time. But what does that look like? Um, you you got to disengage. And Jesus in order to engage the world with the love of God, specifically disengage the world, right? Uh, multiple times throughout his his everyday life, uh, right? Or and which is a fascinating thing to think about. One of the um, one of the beliefs that I think we absorb in modern life, and cer- certainly here in the West, is that a full life is the best path to. A fulfilling life. So the more I can cram mm-hmm. in, and this I think even affects us as followers of Jesus and as the church. Mm-hmm. When we think about growing in our faith, we think of it in terms of engagement, not disengagement. What you're talking about is actually purposely withdrawing uh, to a quiet place, a solitary place like Jesus did. And what Jesus modeled was that so much so that when we begin to practice this, one thing I appreciated when when we did this with our church family was that it was intentional, but it was intentional in the way of creating the space, first of all, so so blocking out that time, and then also having a framework. Because sometimes, I know for me, when we first started, I mean, the first 30 or 45 minutes just might be unplugging. Mm-hmm. And some, a lot of that's mental, mentally um, disengaging. Detoxing is kind of what I <laughs> Detoxing. call it. Like you, yeah. So that you can begin to hear that that still small voice. I heard that from a lot of people on the retreat that that first hour was was tough. Right. Awkward. <laughs> Awkward. Because if when's the last time you sat still? You you mentioned Psalm forty six, of be still and know that I'm that I am God, I will be exalted amongst the nations. Um, 
like how often are are you still we almost live in a culture where stillness is seen as laziness mm-hmm. right and so or we're missing out like are we are fomo i'm right? losing yeah, something yeah, like i'm losing out. time yeah, yeah yeah for sure you're either on the grind you got to go or you need to be entertained and 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 yeah and so the idea of purposely sitting still and doing nothing of being silent before mm-hmm. god um is such a foreign if you haven't done it one, mm-hmm. one the more you do it the, the less awkward that is the mm-hmm. easier the detox is several years ago i went up to in this vein i went up to the mission at san louis ray here in san diego um and um they it was during covid and um, they'll let you come and do a spiritual retreat there so they have dorms um they'll provide your food and it's a silent monastery so nobody's going to talk to you so i purposely uh went up it's like it's like 50 bucks a night for if you're in ministry it might be a little bit more if you're not um and that includes your meals that's it's just a wonderful gift to, uh, to go do and because it's covid like there's nobody else there and right so for uh for three days i was i was just i didn't i didn't talk to anybody and uh that was probably the first time i had done that uh, in the history of my life. Like, like, yeah. Like, I mean, when would you do that? I don't know. Well, <laughs> and my family would crack up at that. Of, of, I am a talker. That's what I do. And um, I found it extremely difficult for the first day, like just mm-hmm. twiddling my thumbs. Like, what do I do? But by the third day, there was such depth mm-hmm. to my time with the Lord and in the word and, and uh, just... Everything was profound to me by that third day. Sitting down and looking at a flower, mm-hmm. I could see God in the midst of that. Watching a bird in a bird bath, man, it's probably one of my favorite spiritual moments of that thing of, of that whole retreat. And yet, the first day, I saw all those same things, and I could not see anything profound about it. It was just awkward and weird. Of yeah, that's pretty okay, mm. but the journey of going from uh, awkwardness to depth. Mm-hmm. And the only time thing that changed was just more time of being silent uh, mm-hmm. and listening to the Lord. And by man, by the time I left, it was it was it was deep and wonderful. It was good. Well, we've got a resource that we're going to link. I think you actually put this together, yeah. if uh, if I remember right. But we'll have this for folks. It's actually you can print it out. Um, it's just a prayer retreat guide, and um, it's online. So we'll make that available for free. But let's go ahead and dive into those five steps because yeah. there is a framework that folks can follow because it is so um, unusual for us as modern people to to have these times of withdrawal. And you mentioned three days. I think we took three hours, four hours, yeah, something like that. You can sure. definitely take baby steps to, well, and to this get is started. A, we, we talked about this uh, before we started recording too. I think it's wise. This The exam is actually meant to be do, done every night. Mm-hmm. And so that's what Ignatius would teach. This is a daily practice. And you can do it in 10, 15 minutes. And there's some really good, you just, you can YouTube um, the exam and they will just walk you through mm-hmm. and you, it's like a five minute and you hit pause. And if you need, if you need that, want that, this resource I like better. And we'll walk through the, the steps of, of what kind of Ignatius lays out. And I put a little bit of, of a spin on it for what kind of makes sense uh, to me for us, for our church. But I think, I think it's helpful and there's scripture at each place and some instructions in here. So yeah, um, it, I, I think it's a fantastic practice to to work with i do think as well though it it um you i thought you said this beautifully earlier of of we we have to have a sense of what is the purpose of this Mm -hmm. the purpose is not silence for silence sake Mm -hmm. the purpose is to meet with god 
right? It's like the same thing of reading scripture. The purpose is not just to read words on a page, right? Like mm -hmm. it is to meet with the living God. Like that's got to be our goal. Here's what I want to do. So we'll get it. That's what the exam is all about. Is right. Is, just reconnecting with God, slowing down enough so that we can hear his voice. And before we started recording, maybe I'll put this clip in, but we were talking about Exodus 34 when God wanted to meet with Moses and he told him, be ready by morning, come up in the morning to the top of Mount Sinai and present yourself there to me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't mention this, but I've often thought if you're Moses at the time, he's down at the base of the mountain mm -hmm. and he's in the camp mm -hmm. and God is telling him, Hey, I want to meet with you. Therefore, in the morning early, hike, hike to the, the summit of this mountain and present yourself there to me. And if you think about <laughs> strictly from a convenience point of view, that you're thinking, I would be thinking, God, you, you can be anywhere at any time. And you're talking to me right now. If you want to meet with me in the morning, how about we just yeah. meet here again? And God regularly did meet with him in the camp, right? Like yes. he had regularly met in the tent of meeting. Like there was, so right. this was something different. But there was something about um, making the effort to yeah. summit the mountain. And then you think about, well, at the top of the mountain, one of the differences is that he could focus. He didn't have a million plus people all around him. We talked about the noise earlier. Um, so finding that that opportunity, whether it's at the end of the day, every day, or on special occasions to, to set aside time to reconnect with God so that you can hear his voice and uh, recenter on him yeah. is really what we're talking about. The purpose of, yeah. of these, this examine and these five steps. So let's, let's talk about that. this first one, and maybe we'll take a few minutes on each of these. Yeah. Um, but go ahead and take us through the first step. Yeah. So step one of the examine is is to pray for an awareness of God's presence, right? And uh, I always think of the prayer. It's interesting. You and we say it a lot. Or and you know, Lord, please be with them. Well, mm. He is with us. He promised us, "I will never leave you or forsake you." Like you, that is not something I have to ask for. He is with us. Mm. The problem is I'm not always living in an awareness of his presence, right? And so he is always with me in every single moment of um, my best of moments and my absolute worst of moments. I have drugged the Holy of Holies into every one of those scenarios because the gift of the Holy Spirit is with us. And so step one when you pause to pray and, and walk through this is to pray for an awareness of, of that. And so... Um, and, you know, uh, I, I walk us through in, with here of, of, of Psalm 139, which I think is, is just a wonderful reflection of this presence that is always with us, right? Uh, you know, when I sit, when I rise, uh, you perceive my thoughts from afar. Um, you discern my going in and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Um, you know, my words, he says, he even says, where can I go away from your spirit? There's mm -hmm. nowhere I can escape. If I mm -hmm. go to the lowest of lows, you're there, the highest of highs, you're there. Um, and so um, if you're using this particular resource, we walk you through that. But really, step one is just to be still and 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 open yourself up to the promise of the Lord that he's with you and um, and to be quiet in that and sit in that. I think of uh, Acts 17, I believe it is, when Paul is in Athens and he's speaking to people who have not yet come to know the God of Israel. And he tells them that he's not far from all of us. You know, in him, we live and move and have our being. So this notion that you can be going through life 
yeah, um, with that. God all around you, <laughs> right there with you. And just, and, and like you said, it's, it's sad for us who actually have been gifted with the Holy Spirit. We can do that. We can actually go through our days and not be aware of God's oh. presence. And it changes absolutely everything. And that actually was Ignatius's goal uh, for the exam. if he wanted mm -hmm. to live every moment, if that was going on a walk, if it was talking with someone, if it was, he wanted to live every moment with the awareness that God's right here. He wanted to see God in everything um, and experience God in everything. And which is just a, that is, should be our goal of every conversation that we have. Right. Um, and, and so his whole point is the only way, like, like we, you think about, uh, being strong enough to do something physically. The only way you can grow in strength is you have to work at it, mm -hmm. right? You have to do that. You think, uh, having the intelligence enough, having the mental ability to do something, you have to, you have to work at learning. You're not going to accidentally learn. And he has, he has a whole book, Ignatius on spiritual exercises. And so mm -hmm. his whole idea was that the only way we grow in our awareness of the, um, ever presence of God is that we have to, we have to work at it. We have right. to think about it, not efforting that he would get closer to us, but efforting that we would pay attention and learn new ways because we were so skilled at living life without him. I mean, we, mm. we it, it, in the sense that we're skilled in the sense of we do that all the time. We're so used to it. We're used to it and not skilled in that we're any good at life. <laughs> I mean, like our life shows the results of living life yeah. without him, but that comes naturally. Right. I think that's the right word. That, that that's what's natural, natural to us. us. Yeah, yeah. Not skilled. So how do you grow? So, okay, now you're you're converted. You mm -hmm. become a child of God. His presence, the gift of the Holy Spirit is with you. Mm. So how do you learn how to live in this new nature, in this that, Holy Spirit nature? We're going to talk about Galatians because you, you yeah, do a great job of yeah. taking folks through Galatians 5. But that's the idea is like if you live by the Spirit walk by the spirit, yeah. be led by the yeah. spirit. And so how do we do that? This is one way that, well, that's Ignatius' whole point. You, you have to <laughs> learn to reflect on your life mm -hmm. and say, where was he today? Right. Where did I miss it? Yeah. If we're just going through life, the chances of us staying on that, that narrow path that Jesus taught I would say it's it's pretty much non-existent. Mm -hmm. Like we're not going to to walk in the steps of Jesus and to be guided by His voice if we aren't learning how to to draw near to Him and to listen. There's a there's this idea that it takes ten thousand hours to master something. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard this or not, mm -hmm. but ten thousand hours of practice. But someone uh, refined that just a bit and said, well, really, it's ten thousand iterations. It's it's ten thousand. Mm -hmm attempts, you know, so if you think of whoever it is, a virtuoso mm -hmm. in sports or uh, an artist, these are people who have spent not just the time, but the iterations, you know, the effort that the, the individual um, engaging with with that sport or or that paintbrush or that musical instrument. And if we can begin thinking of it that way that, hey, I, I get this whole life to to practice was it uh, practicing the presence mm -hmm, of God? Mm -hmm, or were you mentioning mm -hmm. that earlier? Mm -hmm. That that's really what we're talking about, and this is just a way, one way to yeah, to yeah. practice that. Yeah, and it's a great way, and one that has has worked for many over the years. Um, you referenced um, that uh, story in Exodus of of Moses getting to the top of the mountain and presenting himself to God. I also think same mountain, different prophet uh, Elijah. 
in First Kings 19, um, and he travels to go meet with God. And there's this beautiful story of, of he's waiting for God in the cave, and God shows up, says, again, present, come stand before me at the mouth mm-hmm. of the cave. Come present yourself to me. And then like a hurricane, uh, hurricane, uh, earthquake comes, a loud wind comes, and a fire comes. And at the end of each of this, is but God was not in the wind, and the Lord was not in the earthquake, and the Lord was not in the fire. But then a gentle whisper comes, mm-hmm. and the Lord was in that. And I, man, our lives are, are in that chaotic whirlwind mm-hmm. of busyness. Uh, I think that's one of the profound effects of, of sin on us. But I think the effect of sin is not that we're busy. You, you can, we could, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, Willard, Dallas Willard talks about we need to have a ruthless, ruthless uh, removal of hurry from our life, right? Like he, he wants mm. to see us slow down. And that's a worth in the, but I think the real sin is that we're so busy without the Lord and his presence being a part of our busyness. Mm. We have the audacity to gauge. And, and so he's not in the whirlwind. And so right. how do you learn mm. to hear his voice? Mm. It's a gentle whisper. You, you got to be still. So step one's all about being still long enough and just saying what is true. You are with me. Help mm. me see that. Um, and I, I think there's power, by the way, in Psalm 139, it ends uh, where we ended in verse 18. And he says, and when I wake, I am still with you. Right. Mm. Just this idea of you're not going anywhere. You're right. Yeah. Here. So once you step one is is um, is pausing to recognize the presence of God and and really to me that is quoting those promises of, of that's where to me it's, it's it's great to start with scripture there of what that says but don't just read the scripture you got to meditate on this pause and it really mm. fill the presence of God in. Right. And I, I really, this is free. So yeah. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm pushing this resource, but it's because it was so helpful yeah. for me. And I hope folks will download it, print it out. But you actually have you have it broken down so that if you just kind of follow this this guide, it, it creates that space and it creates the opportunity to reflect and to slow down. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage people to print it out. I, you know, underlined and circled words. And as I was praying notes out to the side, there's, there's plenty of space. Yeah. This isn't something that we're going to rush through. Hopefully. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, Especially if you're, if you're taking a more extended time, like you said, if you're doing this every night, uh, you could do it in 15 minutes, but if you're going to, this was more designed for a a more extended Mm -hmm. half day Mm -hmm. or three hours. So, you know, taking the time to, to become more aware of God's presence and, I agree. Psalm 139 is, is a great opportunity to yeah. do that. But that, that really leads us into the second step. Yeah. And, and step two is about gratitude. And, and so step one's about awareness. Step two is about gratitude and praying for that posture of gratitude. So now you're reviewing. So now we're stepping into reflection of, of your life. And, um, and I, I love the James one seventeen verse there. Every mm-hmm. good gift comes from above. Um, and I actually like that it says, do not be deceived. Every good and perfect <laughs> gift comes from above. Like don't, don't fall into that deception of thinking there's anything good in your life that didn't come from the hand of God. And man, we can deceive ourselves thinking I worked really hard for what I have. And I, I've done these things. Look what I've done. Or, and, and no, it's come from God. 
Um, and so learning, just looking over your life and going through the effort of, of saying thank you. And so to look back over your blessings in your life and to slow down enough to acknowledge it. So if you're doing this, let's say this is a yearly practice, um, then like what I had us doing this is to look back over the entire year. Right. Right. And, and to really think about that. Um, but if, if you're doing this on a daily practice, then you would just look back over the day and say, hey, man, uh, mm-hmm. what are the things that I'm grateful for this year or this, this, this past day and things that, that I did. So to walk through that. Um, yeah. No, it's great. I, uh, I really appreciate it. And it's amazing when you, you start taking the time to do that. It's a bit overwhelming because there are so many, I don't know, you know humanists would say that we've been programmed biologically to, to focus more on threats, oh, yeah. you know, like, yeah, Hey, yeah, yeah. where's my next meal coming from? And Jesus actually talks about this, that, Hey, this, that's what the Gentiles seek. What am I going to wear? What am I going to eat? And he tells us, don't, don't seek those things, mm-hmm. but that's whether it's, because of the way we're wired or the fall, whatever it is, we tend to be more in tune with the things that are out of place, mm-hmm. the things that aren't the way we would want them to be, the things that we're stressed about. And we can really take for granted all the good things that God has already done. And when we do that, it creates that sense of anxiety because mm-hmm. we wrongly feel like we're going to have to really gutted out to, mm-hmm. to make these things happen. And Jesus tells us like, you can't add a single hair to your head. You can't add a moment to your life. And if you take the time to reflect, you'll, you'll recognize that God has been providing for mm-hmm. you all along, but it's this weird thing where we just don't do that. We, we tend to be very focused on what isn't the way we want it to be versus how God has provided, which enables us to, to rest and have peace and to trust that he's going to continue to provide in the future. Yeah, it's been said that gratitude is is the actual basis of our relationship with the Lord, of an accurate relationship I, with the Lord. I can see that. You know, Romans one, it's it's a very uh, famous, infamous passage yeah. of the descent of man yeah, into yeah. complete um, fallenness, and it, it starts though. I, I I think there's a turning point there where it says, although they knew God, mm-hmm. they did not worship Him as mm-hmm. God or give thanks. Mm, yeah. And it's yeah. like, wow. Okay. Yeah. I think we would all say that, yeah, the people deny God's existence, but that idea of ingratitude being at the turning point and everything sort of descends from there. Yeah. yeah God begins giving them over, but it starts yeah. with, there was a time where they knew God, but they didn't acknowledge him or give thanks. And so I don't know, maybe that's just a good word for us to take serious That's that you know, gratitude is not just something we ought to do. It's essential. It's a basis. If, if, I mean, we know that the, the reason we can have a relationship with God is because of the gospel is because of Jesus Christ. Right. So that then, then everything about my life is lived in reaction to that in response to that, which there's only one worthy response to, to the cross of Christ and the, the victory of the empty tomb. And that is to be grateful mm-hmm. And to, to be living out of a sense of gratitude always leads to more joy. There's a sweet saint in our church, and she won't mind me sharing this. She'll, she'll probably watch. Um, but she years ago went through a divorce, and it was a hard single mom. She's a school teacher. Um, it was a hard season of her life. 
Um, she's retired now. And then not too long after that, she got diagnosed with, with breast cancer and, and just went through this journey. And she would tell you that uh, while she grew up in the church, like her, her faith in the Lord was, mm-hmm. was she had faith in the Lord. Her relationship with the Lord was very small. Mm-hmm. And somebody discipled her enough to to encourage her to, to start keeping a journal of gratitude. Mm-hmm. And um, so now, this is, I mean, 20, 30 years ago. She just started, and she said when she started that, um, you know, she'd wake up in the morning and single finances just strapped <laughs> and now going through chemo stuff and no help. Yeah. And she's like, I, I just had to search for things to be grateful for. And mm. so she's she's like, thank you for a blue sky today. Thank mm. you for... And she said, but that practice began to transform her walk. Mm. And um, she, to recognize her now, she is just mm. a wonderfully godly woman that has so much wisdom and she still keeps a gratitude journal. And so whenever somebody goes through and whenever she finds that somebody in our church is going through cancer or going through, she buys them a gratitude journal and she goes and teaches them to do this because it will trans, she's like, it transformed just her perspective of how she saw every day. Cause you begin to see, as you said, not only do we're like, our sin would cause us to look to the negative, right? Um, once you begin to be start saying thank you to God a lot, you start seeing his hand everywhere, which is kind of the point, right? So this is like what Ignatius... in the moment something happens yes. and you can pause and thank God. Because you're like you're the giver is right there with you. So yeah. once even the even saying thank you out loud. Right. If we're talking about how to practice the presence of the Lord every day. Mm-hmm. So when something good comes your way to recognize it as good and say thank you God. Mm. It's such a powerful thing cuz he he's right there with you. And so now you're learning and you're mm-hmm. seeing it. So this is kind of a reprogramming of how to live. So, yeah, step two is about examining your day and saying thank you out loud. Uh, well, step three was maybe those first two are like you hear them and you're like, OK, yes, that, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. But step three was really new for me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and we're progressing through these these five steps. Tell us a little bit more about step three. And this is this is starting to get into Ignatius language here, of, and it's something we borrow heavy from him, and, and it's about recognition. So this mm-hmm. is about looking over your life, and it's built off of two things, consolations, and w- this is his language, consolations and desolations. I like it. It's just... Right? Uh, and so <laughs> a, a consolation he would call um, those moments in your day where you you can reflect back and say that was good. And for him, and this is where I would caution, this is my one pushback on, and who am I to, he's a <laughs> godly man. But my worry is somebody could take this and go in healthy places because, um, you know, Jeremiah says, who can trust the heart? It's the most deceiving of all things. Right. right. So I'm going to say what I'm about to say. And this is why I put it with Galatians 5. I think it's a, it's a, it, it helps us take a step here, but, but mm. we'll stop now. Um, so, um, he would say, uh, a constellation is when you look back over your day and you say, man, I had moments throughout my day where I really experienced peace, where I really felt alive and, mm-hmm. and had joy. Mm-hmm. And he would have you um, examine what were you doing in that moment? What was that? Mm-hmm. What were you doing? Uh, and so to really lean in. So if it's about discovering the will of God for your life, you're really paying attention to your emotions. Um, 
and and reflecting on that. An immature believer could possibly take that into really dangerous territory, right? right. Um, I really felt alive when I was doing blank, and blank might be something very mm. sinful, and you're not thinking mm. about it in terms of... Yeah, that's good. Right, so I'm cautious there. But if we're just getting into original Ignatius, mm-hmm. um, and then he would teach a desolation was the opposite, is, is those moments in my day or in my life where I really felt... Um, the opposites of joy and peace. I felt uh, restless. I felt anger. I felt frustrated. I felt like, um, and he would pay attention to those negative emotions, mm-hmm. um, right? And so, in this resource, we we've taking it. We're taking it a step. We're we're building on that, and we take it a step farther to say, you know what? I Paul says something very very similar in Galatians five. Hmm. And 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 if you're familiar with the argument of of Galatians, it's one of my favorite New Testament, but it's probably my favorite letter of Paul. Hmm. Um, is in particularly this chapter is 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 he is talking about the gospel, the real gospel, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And um, he says that the the Holy Spirit changes everything. Like you don't have to follow the law and be legalistic and force people into tradition of circumcision in their case, or and that's Galatians five. And he said the reason you don't have to do that, and their whole argument was, well, if you don't force people into tradition, then then they're gonna go willy-nilly on, on the sin in their right. life. And Paul's like, no, they won't. If if folks will just live by the Spirit, they will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature because the Spirit desires what is contrary to the sinful nature and the sinful nature what is contrary to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So I say, keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And then Paul gives, uh, gives you two lists. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the fruits of the flesh, uh, mm-hmm. which are sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, and orgies. All right, that's a list right there, right? Yeah. And he, and he gives this as a flesh of a spirit, or excuse me, uh, uh, fruits of the flesh. Right. And then he gives the famous list of the fruits of the spirit, right. which are love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, um, which are all, if much of those are emotions, right? right, right. So he's not in disagreement with Ignatius. He's just kind of rooting it down of <laughs> and all of this. Yeah. And so what I like and mm-hmm. what I think is helpful mm-hmm. and I is to begin to recognize which of those fruits do I see in my life? And you're going to see both. At least I did. Oh, absolutely. So that's the whole point of the the consolations and the desolations. What was I doing? What was the pattern around right. when I saw who, the fruits? Who were yeah. the people? Who were the people around? Were involved. So, and again, I you've got those listed out. I actually just circled ones that mm-hmm. on both sides of uh, the spirit, the flesh, the consolations, and the desolations. And that was very helpful for me to begin to hone in on. Hey, not all of those fruits of the flesh or, or works of the flesh were, I don't feel like they were necessarily present, but there were three that yeah, sort of stood yeah, out. Yeah, I circled yeah. those and I began yeah. to reflect on the circumstances, the people, what was going on in my own life and heart at the time. 
that led to those being uh, patterns, I guess you could say. Yeah. And again, we were reviewing over the past year. So over the past year, these were things that seemed to come up mm -hmm. on a regular basis. Why is that? And then the same things with the, the fruits of the spirit. And it uh, is so helpful to think that because yes. you can look back and say, okay, God, help me learn. Right. Like so when, the, that idea of recognizing. Yeah, yeah. You recognize it when, when, uh, um, you know, when my, uh, wife is out of town and mm -hmm. and I am left alone mm -hmm. and and are here's some patterns that I saw that right that are when I'm with these friends mm -hmm. uh, I was prone to over drinking and mm -hmm. all that came out of that uh, or um, I had this one friend in my life and he's all he kept pointing me to you and mm -hmm. whenever we'd have conversations, um, you know, I, I would leave feeling more at peace and, and patience and, and that. And so you, you begin to recognize that and you say, well, okay, God, well, you're not, you're, you're leading me more. Here's what it felt like, look like experience to live life in the spirit versus living life in my, in the flesh. And so the whole hmm. idea is not just to take note of that. Right. But to take note of that for the purpose of recognizing it in the moment of when it's happening and mm. going, oh, this is what it feels like. I just, I, so for example, of when I began this practice, um, for me, one of the, one of the fruits of the flesh that will come out is I will hear myself say hmm. very agitated, angry things when I'm exhausted, hmm. when I'm very self-focused, selfish hmm. ambition. And, and I will, and I will hear that begin to come out of my conversation. So I'll go back and reflect and be like, you know what? I was pretty rude to my kids today. Like mm -hmm. just my tone was really harsh. Mm -hmm. And then I start looking back and go, why, why, what, what, what led up to that? Right. It's easy to say, well, you know, it's because I was angry. They didn't, they didn't do the dishes like they promised. Right. Well, there was probably some trigger event yes, that you yes. could, if you weren't really reflecting on it, say, well, but they did this. Therefore, if I was in the, Flesh, that would be an opportunity, excuse me, mm -hmm. if I was in the spirit, that would be an opportunity for patience. Mm -hmm. Patience would have come out in that mm -hmm. moment or in the King James, long suffering mm -hmm. would have come out in that. Instead, mm -hmm. a self-focus and frustration right. and bitterness came out of that. Mm. And so then to take a step back into my day and go, man, was I, was I walking with the Lord? Like what? Mm -hmm. What was it that, that, anyway, so that learning to recognize that so that when it comes back around again, mm -hmm. you can listen to the Lord and, and be in his presence and, and, and hopefully see the fruits of the, of the spirit more than the fruits of the flesh. But So we, step one, awareness of God's presence. Step two is, is <laughs> gratitude. Gratitude. Step, step three, three is recognizing yeah. Yeah, yeah. where we're off the path and where we're on it. And then leads us naturally into step four here. Step four. And I, I take this a little different direction than, than maybe the classic exam. And the classic exam is to pick a desolation and pray into it, is mm. what he would say. And, okay. and so you would, you would look at your desolation. I, I took it more, a step farther than that to say repentance, mm. of, of go back and, and, and really spend some time um, reflecting on and putting to death, therefore, you know, what belongs to the earthly nature. So I don't want those desolations. And mm -hmm. by God's grace, we have the ability to put those things to death. We don't have to live in that. But the way we do that 
is through repentance. So to really say those things out loud, give them to the Lord and repent of them. Mm. Uh, it's a powerful step. Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I think for me, uh, this this was uh, something that came out. I don't know if it was directly related, but it was something that I was helpful. Is once because you, you encourage us to focus in on one or two of those desolations mm-hmm. in particular. Um, you know, we've had our gratitude parts. So this is sort of the, yeah, the, the other side yeah, of that, yeah. which, okay, what needs to change in my life? What's been yeah. out of step? What's What's been out of joint? And for me, once I was able to identify one or two of those those works of the flesh that had been uh, present in, in my life, um, I began to think through the patterns that I that I saw, kind of like what you were saying, when I'm tired, I, this th- seems mm-hmm, to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how I was responding inappropriately, which uh, for me was uh, distraction. So mm-hmm. this, this is happening and I'm countering it by mm-hmm. escapism or by distracting myself. Mm-hmm. And then also identifying the emotions that were associated with, with that um, work of the flesh. Mm-hmm. And then finally, if there were people that, that it seemed to be related around, you know, what was it about those relationships? I found that it was often something out of step in me, mm-hmm. but that there were certain relationships where um, there were emotions and distractions that that I needed to address and repent of. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, again, something that may or may not be helpful for people as they go through the material, but uh, that sort of helped me funnel it down even mm-hmm. more into, okay, I see these these works of the flesh, but... Uh, what are the patterns? Who are the people? And, and how have I been wrongly trying to cope or deal with mm-hmm. that, that struggle? And repentance is an interesting word as well, because it's more than saying, I'm sorry. Yeah. Right? It's more than asking for forgiveness. <laughs> right. Right. It's, it's putting it to death. Yeah. It's making commitments to, to change behaviors. Um, and so to do that, you really need to recognize what are the behaviors there as you talk right. about? What are the patterns there? What is that? What are some tangible ways? And so I think one of the false realities of modern uh, Christianity is that it's all about forgiveness and not about holiness. Hmm. Right. And so, um, and forgiveness is wonderful, but forgiveness is God's means to make mm. us holy. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, we have to yield to that, that activity right. of God. He wants to uproot and put to death the things of the earthly nature mm-hmm. so that we might become holy as he is holy, right? Uh, perfect as he is perfect, which is the process of sanctification. But I think there's a defeatism in modern mm-hmm. Christianity of oh, no, right. unforgiven and we're right. just going to hold on <laughs> to these sinful things. And so, which once we... If that is our mindset, we will not experience the everyday presence of the Lord. He's there, but we won't experience because we'll be going in a different direction than what he's going. Yeah, our, our backs are turned to That's him, exactly as it were. Right. You know, we're, yeah. we're turned away from yeah. uh, the presence of God. I, I think of the, words, the verses in Titus 2 where he talks about the grace of God has appeared, mm. teaching us to renounce ungodliness. Mm-hmm. And you're right. We, we tend to think of grace as, oh, the grace of God has appeared you know, covering over mm. our unholiness. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is a part of it, but it's For also, sure. 
God's grace is to teach us yeah. to be holy, to, to renounce yeah, He goes on to try to say he's purifying for himself a people. <laughs> right. Like purifying. So like, yeah. Lord, purify me. And what does that practically look like? We can pray that. Well, what it practically looks like is allowing him to illuminate for you mm-hmm. the sinful areas of your life. Mm-hmm. What led up to that? What's causing that? So you're 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 repenting in um, connection and conversation with God of Him saying, "Here's an area. Here's and mm-hmm. let's go to work on this." And and I've given you. I love this Second Peter one verse of, of mm-hmm. He has given us everything we need for a godly life. Like it's there. And so what that is is the Holy Spirit starting to carve out those things. And so we begin to commit ourselves to to a new way of life and and really seek to to walk that. Um, and so to me, this is, um, this is, and, and looking back at the retreat, this is the the part where I really felt the Lord, you know, mm. really doing some work in my heart of, of here we go, let's go, like, uh, <laughs> don't do a lip service. The rubber so, is meeting the road. That's exactly right, which it ought to be. If you're meeting right. with the holy and awareness of your holiness, Absolutely. Is, uh, unholiness is going to come front and center, right? Like, like. Well, well, one thing that I've always felt, just it, it, it's a good reminder for me, is that it, it's impossible to draw into the presence of God and not be changed. Oh, yeah. If you true, I mean, if you look at yeah. all the people who find themselves in God's presence in the scriptures, they leave changed, mm-hmm. transformed. And I, I think that that's part of what we're talking about here is as he begins to, as you become more aware of his presence and he's identifying those those parts of your life that are out of step, um, it's because he wants to lead you to become mm-hmm. more holy mm-hmm. and he wants you to take action on those things. Well, the fifth step is to... Is to hope. It's to look ahead into tomorrow with, with hope. And mm-hmm. so kind of where we... And where we started with that Psalm 139, and I wake up, you're still with me, which is an awesome sentence to say. You know, his mercies are new every morning, Lamentations mm-hmm. tells us, which is just a, a beautiful promise that that he's with us. And uh, and so today I may not, and if you're doing this on a daily practice, it's an awesome place to be because yeah. you're like, today I might have messed it up. <laughs> right. But, but you're going to be hope. with me tomorrow. There's hope for tomorrow. And so in this resource, we walked through Psalm 23, which is yeah. one, of, one of my favorites. And um, and I, I, I just love it because there, there's promise of green pastures and, and still waters, right? And he's going to leave me. And no matter where I am, he's, he's with me. And so um, mm. just to recognize that... Um, is is an awesome place to be. So it's so interesting, you know, these these are familiar passages, Psalm 139, Psalm 23, mm-hmm. Galatians 5, mm-hmm. but I just found this uh, very uh, helpful and life-giving mm-hmm. and and just new insights which that happens mm-hmm. uh, because the word is living and active, but mm-hmm. just a couple of things that stood out to me that I underlined from verse 1, I lack nothing. Mm-hmm. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Just to underline, I lack nothing. That's that's my present reality according mm. to scripture. Yeah. Well, that's hopeful. Yeah, <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, exactly hey, right. I don't always feel that way, but to hear the scriptures and to receive that to say, okay, right now, and it's true. When I step back, right now, I like nothing. The things that I'm anxious about, the things that that stress me out and keep me awake at night, it's really future oriented for mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. At least uh, there may be some folks who are listening who are like, hey, you don't know my life right mm-hmm. now. I don't feel like I like nothing. But as I reflected. I, I lack nothing right now. Right mm-hmm. now, I have everything that God, that I need. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a gift from God. And then at the very end in verse six, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So mm-hmm. that's a future reality, mm-hmm. which is 
just gives me hope. Mm -hmm. So my present reality, I like nothing. My future reality, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Mm -hmm. And now the journey in between those two is the joy. You know, that, that's, that's, that's the joy of discipleship is mm -hmm. to walk with God from where I'm at right now to where he's already told me um, my future reality is going to lie, is to be with him. You know what I underlined in this? Um, the reason I have hope is because he's with me, is what we're saying, right? Yeah. And the whole point of this. And so when he, fin at Roger, he says, I lack nothing. He then tells you why. And so I just begin underlying all the stuff that God does for us. Yeah. He, he makes me lie down. He <laughs> leads me. He refreshes me. He guides me. He restores me. Uh, he comforts me. He prepares a table. He like he's gonna do these things. I just walk along with him, and so, no matter what tomorrow holds, there is hope in tomorrow, right? Yeah. Um, and I love the line in Psalm twenty-three. I, I heard this sweet older lady say this, and it has always stuck with me. And because it it our, our Psalm twenty-three verse six, where it says, "All the days of my life, or excuse mm -hmm. me, uh, surely your goodness and and love will follow me all the days of my life." And that phrase, "follow me," and she said, "You know why it says follow me? Is that often we don't see it in the presence, but when you mm -hmm. look back and you mm -hmm. reflect, you see that man, his love and wow. goodness have been with me every step." And so to me, it's a great place to end hmm. in the examine of reflection of if, if mm -hmm. we pause to see and we have gratitude, we, we will see his mm -hmm. goodness and mercy have been with me every step. So that mm -hmm. gives me hope for tomorrow of he's not going anywhere. He's with me because of the grace of Christ. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, it is a, a powerful tool to look back to look in the, in the midst of and to look ahead and say, hey, God, you have been with me then. You're with me now and you're going to be with me tomorrow. And, and I just thank you, Lord. And to live out of that reality every day. And mm -hmm. I think I, one of the things I would want to end on, and this is, this is something I try to work with, is another aspect of modern spirituality, modern Christianity that is, I, I think, dangerous is that we're very compartmentalized mm. and that we have our our church time, right. our small group time, maybe our personal Bible study time. And then I'm going to go work out and then I'm going to go, go work. I'm <laughs> going to go. Yeah. The real part of our life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the hopes is, you know, maybe if I do these things well, that will impact the rest of my life. Hmm. But um, a mentor of mine talks about, I, I used to talk to him about um, being tired in ministry of, don't you grow weary in this as a mm. pastor of, of about 20 years older than I am. And, and he said, I used to, uh, and I don't anymore. And I said, why? He said, I stopped separating in my mind ministry from life. Mm. And once it became a way of life that mm. everywhere I was and and so it just began to be life-giving. Mm -hmm. And so having people in my house for dinner, like that's life-giving. Life like that doesn't exhaust me. These are friends uh, and folks that I love and mm. and it was that congruency of of and stop. So when you're working out, like you're doing that as a as a child of the of the of the king and he's with you there when you're shopping, when you're at work of and so once you start to make all uh, see all of life as I'm doing every part of this with the Lord. That's my goal, mm -hmm. keeping in step with him at every moment. And so the whole purpose of the examine is not that's when I'm with the Lord and then I go live my life apart from him. Mm -hmm. The purpose of the purpose of the examine is to help me grow an awareness that I would hear that small voice 
and every other moment of my day, right? So the mm-hmm. ultimate goal is that congruency. And, mm-hmm. and we'll begin to find, once we stop compartmentalizing, I think life becomes more of that joy and peace and patience. It begins to be birthed out of every moment, and it's rich and good, man. Yeah, I, I think that's really well said. Galatians 5, Yeah, that's maybe another way of just describing walking by the yeah. Spirit. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a great resource. Um, like I said, we've got a link to it here in the show notes. So check that out, download it. I hope it's as helpful for you, those of you who are listening, mm-hmm. as it was for us and for me, for sure. So uh, thanks again for putting it together. Shelton, yeah. I know you didn't come up with these five steps, no, but you've made it very accessible and you've created a resource that I think will be a blessing. So, and thanks for being willing to come on here and, sure. and share it. This wasn't your idea. This was me saying, hey man, could, would you come on so we could share this with other people? And sure. it, I think it'll be a big encouragement to them. I think there is, and I just confessionally, there's an irony of me talking about the need to not be distracted to listen to the Lord. Cause I think it is an area that I struggle with, you know, that, that little phone in my pocket. and Totally bro. That's, yeah, why, that's yeah. why this was the most meaningful experience <laughs> of the past 12 months for me. And that's why, but I hope that there are other people listening that, that sure. may be their experience as well. And so we can all grow in this area together. I just listened to um, a lady speak on the power of silence in her life. Mm-hmm. And she's an, a Christian author and, um, and a, a wonderful, um, a wonderful author. And um, I, I loved her essay she wrote on just the power of silence uh, and, and when she started practicing it. Mm. And it so impacted me, like even this morning when I woke up, of mm. what I did throughout my day of I'm not going to turn on a radio right now. Got to opt out. I'm not. Yeah, I love <laughs> you gotta that. Got to opt out. And that if once we say, "Hey, this is actually the means by which yeah. God wants to speak," right? Like Jesus modeled this, and God wants to move through my life. So once we be, I think, begin to long for mm-hmm. this, to slow down, and we build this into the rhythm of our life, I think it can be transformative. And I'm I'm longing for that, and I'm experiencing that more and more. And so my hope is for anybody listening that, that, that you know that the King of Kings wants to meet with you, wants to live your life, and you live your life in conjunction with him. Um, man, what an awesome gift. And and as Paul says in Psalm 139, that, that those are thoughts that are too wonderful for me, that you care that much for me. Um, and yet that's true. He, he loves you that much. And so the opportunity here, the invitation of our Lord is to live every moment, every stressful moment, every parenting moment, every, you know, single life moment, wherever you might be with him and, mm-hmm. and to see the fruit of that in your life. So hopefully this is a tool to help you uh, do that better as it has been for us. You know? Absolutely, brother. Well, we'll end it there. Thanks. Yeah. And uh, we'll have you on again soon. All right. All right.